Yeah. What up? Thank you for the trouble. What's up, my boy? Good to see you. How did the hey, uh, beer living go? It was awesome. Bro, y'all <laughs> crazy, dog. Y'all trying to come next year? I'm down. I, have a I drink feel like you. I feel like you get down. I got, I got I you. Like you get down. It's good this year, man. It's only getting mic'd up. I can barely breathe. I teach you. I'm here. I you might believe so. Yep. Oh, the mic's on, yeah. Bro, why don't you take all your pictures no, like that, dog? Like what? <laughs> well, you see how muscular he but is? There's so many times, you know, you just like do all the kinds of poses wherever you're smiling or trying to like, you know, be a little tough. I just feel like this just breaks the, just trying to be funny. Yeah, they, just, no, get they, out, they, just get out there and be beefy for everybody. Your body is such a, such a social media phenomenon now. Like people are so concerned <laughs> yeah. with what shape you're in. And Will's he, like the Jonah Hill of podcast world. Yeah, he just yeah. he fluctuates. Yeah. He fluctuates <laughs> quite a bit. You see, he's getting fit though now. Losing weight, me and five is two different things. At any moment, you just gotta throw a punt set on the on the on the bird app and you put everybody else to uh, silence. Hey, the best are the videos though, when you go out, you get a couple of sets, you run like 15 yards. He's <laughs> like, hey, I'm ready whenever. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready whenever. They're gonna, they gonna call, Will. They're gonna call. They on the way. Man, uh, Arthur Smith, he 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 messes with me about it. That the the clip we were just talking about with Billy Football. Yeah, he said it to me. He's like, uh, "Your 10.2 is ready." I was like, "Just make sure all the scouts and coaches see it." Dog. Just make sure everybody knows. Just give me the call, man. Yeah, you gonna pull your whole hamstring off the bone, Will? You Tim. know when somebody's about to open up about something, you're like, "Okay." Yeah. Okay. Will, who was that that just said Eminem tried to holler at him and like they? That was Bunny, Jelly's wife. That's Jelly's wife, right? Yeah. When she was a high end escort. She was out of, there was like a Vegas party going on. And um, yeah, they made out. Eminem tried hollering at her to get her upstairs. She was like, I was off that day. So she's like, and I wasn't interested in doing that. That, that phrase, made out, is a white boy thing. They don't make out? What do y'all say? Like, I, when I, because I transferred to a white school in high school. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, hey, seven minutes in heaven when you go in the closet. Y'all know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Y'all love that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, we got to go do some fucking. <laughs> Yeah. And then everybody just kissing in the mouth. And I was like, this isn't fun. Hold on. <laughs> Dude, a good makeout, a good high school makeout, you're just rock hard tearing up your denim. There's nothing better than that. Are you kidding me? Y'all like the Back behind the bleachers cloth. for a second? Come yeah. on, dude. That's hey, uh, you want a dry humper? I was about to say a nice, no, cool dry humper. You're a dry humper, dude. Who? No. No question. You're Before Netflix and chill was a thing. You're sitting on that couch, putting on a movie, scrolling. <laughs> you with the blockbuster, and you ain't a little boss. So, so just think about it. You would let me come in your if you have a, your Hold daughter. On. You let me come in your house. <laughs> hey, and you let, hey, hey, he doesn't he, want you to come pot, anywhere. You let me come hey, in your. You, no, you let me. Pause. You're not letting me no. come in your house. You think my mom's letting some girl come sit and watch a movie with me? No, she no. She used to find the naked pictures under the um the the the, the bath mat in the bathroom. Soggy pictures. Yeah, well, Very. But like, yeah, she's not. When did you right lose now. your virginity? Real sex. You're lying. You're already lying. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I want me to tell the, I, the first story. I was ten. Before you start. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Where I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Where I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. No. Welcome to the pivot. We are here. Back again. This is the site of a legendary show where we learned too much about Taylor Luan, yep. and Channing was just starting to let y'all know exactly who he is, but we have both <laughs> of the busting 
with the boys host. We got Will Compton in the house as well. I'm RC. This is Freddie T. Chan is, I guess, about to tell us the story of when Big Chan was born. When he became a man. Yeah. When he became a man. Ten years old. Ten years old. And this really, it was technically sex. We had a family moving to town. They moving our neighborhood down the street. I should say a real name. Call it Sherry. Okay. So Sherry was my age, and they used to do the Sherry and Channing sitting in the tree, K-I-S-S, and they used to do all that. So now we're so young, we don't know what's going on, but we're supposed to be, we're supposed to like each other. Mm. So it was in the summer, it's back in when people just leave their kids at home in the summer. Like all this camp and shit people do nowadays. You just be home or you're at grandma's house. That was summer, back when, when I was a kid. So Sherry and me ended up being in the room, and this was, this was uh, very hurtful to me, and it changed my life. We're kissing, rolling around. I don't know, I'm 10, don't know what's going on. So we're just rolling around on the bed, we're kissing and all this stuff. And then now I know it's time to take the clothes off. <laughs> She's 10, just remember we're 10. <laughs> so I go to take her, <laughs> I've heard this her pants off, and when I take her <laughs> drawers off, a bunch of dirt and sand fall out. Yeah. Because they were playing oh, yeah. We were playing, yeah. in, like we were playing outside. <laughs> the stuff I saw on TV, no dirt and sand was involved when, like, in her drawers. Yeah. And it fell, it falls out. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. And I had a water bed. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm about, we're, we're here now. Yeah. So I got a little boop of penetration. <laughs> but then it ended. Like, everybody started laughing and big, banging on the door and stuff, so it stopped. So I don't know if that was losing your virginity, though, because it was, it actually was literally. So what, I thought, wait, yeah, you what about, basically, you, 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 you did soaking for, like, a hot second, and then you moved on. It's like poking. What is that? You, you know what soaking soak. is? Soaking? It's like a Mormon thing. Yeah. Where you, like, can have penetration, but you can't do movement. And soaking, you just put it in there. Wasn't that? And let it just, let it, just let, let it, it sit. Let it, it, let it No, 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 don't do that. You just got to do that. Just lay it in there. That. Yeah. And then what do y'all talk about, politics? <laughs> no, that's religion. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a thing soaking. That's a thing. Yeah, you know. Google it. Soaking. But soaking didn't you say that this is the real one thing. was Mormon though? Yes. The, 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 he said the time he really got it, the young lady was Mormon. A Jack Mormon. Mormon took advantage of me in a Buick Riviera with a CD player that you plug into the tape deck and had the CD player on the ground and all. Yep. Buick, my big ass. I was already six one in Buick Riviera, and yep and. Her brother found out, didn't like me, but he wasn't big enough to really fuck with me, so mm. it was curtains for him. But yeah, the whole family, like, it ruined, it ruined her Mormonity, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, bro, like, <laughs> to pivot. No, no, we're gonna, we're gonna pivot. Bro, we, we were driving over, and you know, so many times and going into these things, it's like, okay, you study, you study, and you wanna interview people, but for us, man, like, I just wanna have a conversation. I think, uh, just respect what y'all do. Um, I had an opportunity to come on the show by myself. I don't remember the last time we were on the show, so this is a good, a good. It's <laughs> a fun editing. <laughs> yeah, it's an episode. I mean, you take out the last thirty minutes. Will was slightly yeah. pissed too. You were, there you was were a, like... there was several times where I was chiming in from the back, and I was just thinking, because since we played together, I'm thinking to myself, I can kind of be mad about this because it's it's RC. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> he would keep chiming in, especially on the Derrick Henry stuff. My bad. <laughs> I was I was I was out of there. Uh, there's a reason why. But I you were drink. super complimentary towards Will. Like it was. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And you, I was very. It was very clear. So we left here and we went downtown to eat dinner that same night. Celebrate my birthday a little bit. A yeah. few more shots. This, and that. this was the early days of the pivot. We shut down the restaurant probably an hour after they closed. And all I remember is Channing walking out, Ryan, Ryan, loud to the top of his lungs. We're by ourselves, though. It was Restaurant's just us. Empty. 
loud, fucked up, wasted, thanks to you guys. Right? Thanks to us. Yes. Wasn't that happy, Dad? It was a long day. It was the buildup. It was a long day. It was a long day because you were drinking before that. Because yeah, what you were saying by the end of it, it was like it, it, it got so. It was beer Olympics. Yeah, he got yeah he got so sauced. He's like, hey, well, like yeah. you know when you start just getting like emotion with your boys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, boy, yeah, hey, yeah. we were there 48 hours yeah. ago. I loved everybody. Yeah, yeah. I loved you loved everybody. everybody. But you loved I, everybody. I say all that to say, man, like I just. One, I appreciate you. I saw you. I saw the rankings, the sports podcast rankings, and you had to pivot up there. So we appreciate that. You're definitely in our top five as well. But I want to just talk about the game. I think what both of you are doing from the perspectives that you guys come from, from the places you come from, you know, a first rounder, an undrafted guy, different careers, but being able to be a part of the media in this way and do it your own way, which is very different from us, but so much respect in between. I don't know how safe we are to have you guys on. Is baby Gronk's dad gonna come after me? Yeah. Like, 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 what's the deal? But for, for y'all, man, that something like that gets so much publicity and then you guys understand how to play into it and make it a thing that sheds a light on your podcast what are those conversations like between y'all two before y'all even start to say okay this is something we're gonna run with yeah the baby gronk thing was a funny conversation because like when when i saw it i was looking at it from a dad's perspective and i was like i can't believe this dude's trying to like monetize his kid i thought i was like this is ridiculous why are even giving this guy a space to say anything it was hilarious the way it all, like, this, especially this past year, just seems like things are falling into our lap that we're able to play into. Like, a couple months ago, we were talking about Baby Gronk, how, like, he yeah, we were out us. at that uh, movie premiere. Yeah. We were at Brooke Kreischer's movie premiere, and, like, it was like, Baby Gronk wants to come on, and it's just like, we just laughed about it. We're like, I can't believe this dude's dad, whatever. And Will politely responded and said, hey, man, respectfully, we're going to have to decline at this, at this time. And then, for whatever reason, I guess the kid was trending or whatever, and he reached back out to Will. And Will's like, listen, basically like, hey, fuck off, dude. We're not, we're not going to do this podcast. Like, he said, hey, let's just get on stop. the bus. We'll be in Nashville. Like, I think it'll do numbers. We've been viral now for a few days in a row. It's just a nutty thing to say in right. general. It's just so that it's to... a nutty fucking thing. We, we've been. Like, bro, no one knows who you are. Yeah. No one, people know who your, kids, your kid is. But, like, that kid hasn't even gone through puberty yet. Right. He's 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's 10 years old. Like, the poor kid might hit puberty and then be, like, the same height. Yeah. Well, you remember the kids in middle school that were like low key, like had forearm hair. What was the kid that, that was like viral back in the day? Maybe like Cody Paul or something like that. He, he was a running oh, back. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yes, called him bro. like the next Reggie Bush. Yeah. All of those things. And yeah. then he got to be a senior and he was 5'8. You know, bro, like that's, like what that's I'm what, he was like a good high school player wherever mm. he was from, but it never materialized into what they thought. But for the the way you guys played into it, Will, do you when you are getting the backlash or you're getting people to get involved in it, is your thought process, hey, man, I'm going to keep this going until it runs out? Or do you ever sit back and say, okay, I've done enough with these folks. I'm going to let them be. I think there's like a balance in it, right? Because when the Gronk thing happened, the baby Gronk thing, and then his dad came back the second time and said like, hey, we've been viral for a few days. Like, let's, I think, let's get on the bus. I think we'll do numbers. That's when I responded, we need to take a walk. Yeah. And since I've done the whole walk thing before and people are familiar with it, like there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm going to speak out on this in a fun way, you know, humorous, add some real element to it and everything else, because I feel like sometimes I want to get out what I know everybody's thinking. I'm thinking to myself, if I have these DMs, this DM history, I can only imagine what everybody else is. But nobody's really going to say nothing because it feels awkward to 
turn down somebody who you don't even know, you realize it is his dad. Then you realize over time, over and over, it's like, this is horny. Right. So when I took advantage and did the whole walk thing and started like playing into that and seeing what it was doing. And then after that, Taylor drops his DM. Everybody starts dropping their DMs. And you kind of get to expose that side of the, the baby Gronk example. And then I remember the next week, Taylor's like, why do we keep giving? It's the next day. Yeah, the next day. And he's like, why do we keep giving this guy you know, a platform or time yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And my thought, because we are in the game of social media, whether or not everybody understands, everybody's like, oh, you keep giving them five minutes. We're literally all on these apps mm -hmm. to grab attention, eyes and ears as much as possible. Yeah, there's there's good, there's positive from, there's negative from it. But to me, I, my analogy I use with Taylor, like, you know, he's still, a, he's still a bum on the side of the road. Like, you give him 20 bucks, he thinks he's gonna win for a day, but he'll still be back on the side of the road tomorrow. We know we're still going to grow and still do we like we know where we're headed with like busing and everything else and we know we have these this platform to utilize you know that type of stuff that type yeah. of content so those are like the fun content things that i love fucking messing with that i've just enjoyed over time like playing the game out there that, and that's the part of the game though because i don't think i know for sure i don't play the game like i don't even tweet enough or dm and what that shit oh, he's the I'm worst even, i'm terrible and you're missing out i know business wise it doesn't help us but I can't play the game. Like, does it ever get does, does it ever get to you that this really isn't me? Like, when people meet me, they're like, oh, you're the same motherfucker that I, I see on the show. And they're surprised by it because I don't think I play the game enough. Do you ever look, do y'all ever look at that like, this isn't really me? When we first started this podcast, I just signed my contract with the Titans, like the my second contract. And I was very worried about exposing myself too much to this. And as you're able to zoom out more, when people come and watch our show or they watch this, like, they're going to see, like, this is who Will and I are. And like the, the whole Twitter thing, like people, we talk shit, like, and that's just part, that's part of it also. But it's not like, I would never say you would ever go to Will and I's Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts and be like, oh, these guys are malicious individuals. Like mm. we are the same people, I would, pretty consistently, you know, unless you're at Beer Olympics 48 hours ago and we're just hammered drunk. That's not us. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's hammered drunk and, and Will and Taylor. But I don't ever get worried about people viewing me the wrong way anymore. I think at one point for sure when I was, really in it with football, I was like, man, I hope people think I'm still focused on football and they know it's the main thing, but I'm also doing this. And there was a lot of those conversations too in the beginning. But for me, like, I think this is an even better space for people to see our personalities. Like, I enjoy that people are noticing it just from an individual standpoint, me from a, a podcast standpoint than a football standpoint, because people are liking me for my personality. And that's like, I mean, what, what better compliment is that? Yeah. And so I'm being like, I like you because I've seen you and I enjoy what you do and like how you act and stuff like that. So I love it. Did you worry about the team as much as you worried about people, the fans, questioning your... You I, I worried about the team at first and then Vrabel came on and said he'd cut off his dick for a Super Bowl. And I thought at that point, we're solid. Like, <laughs> be, there's not going to be any more yeah. of that. But Vrabel has very specific rules about how, you, you know, you don't talk about, he's very uh, patriotic. You don't talk about scheme. You don't talk about injuries. So like in the back of your head, when you're talking ball, there are those things like you don't want to, you know, step on toes of the Titans and stuff like that. And I think there probably was some negative that happened starting in 2018, like, you know, they, the Titans stopped posting me as much because I think in their mind, okay, he has a social media presence in another place. We don't need to publicize him at all here. But I wouldn't change. I, I loved the way the way it's gone. I mean, I, I think it's been an, it's been awesome. Like especially this year has been crazy. Once you start to build a brand, and I think it's interesting to watch your your guys's ascension because 
it's not like it's a new show, mm -hmm. right? But it's going through these different phases, and I think it's going through these different phases because y'all have been in different places in life, right? Will was still playing, then he wasn't. Obviously, you were playing, then you get hurt, and so now you can pour into it more. The off-season comes. Mm -hmm. You guys go on tours at different colleges. Jordan loved it, by the way. It's like yeah. the most fun he's had in college other than Mill Street. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, no you know what I mean? And watching you guys, you have built this brand, but once you build that brand and that perception, which is authentically you, there's a, there's a pressure to uphold that at all times. You know, like Will is expected to cut the sleeves off of his shirt, mm -hmm. right? You're expected to have your joint tucked in with the 32 inseam and the 34 with your pants tight at the game. Yeah. You know, give out your watch. Like all of those things are fat, expected. And the fat girl shoes on. Who's fat girl shoes? Only fat girls wear them shoes. These shoes? You and fat girls Where wear those shoes. <laughs> Obviously somewhere with a lot of fat girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These right here? The most reliable shoes you can probably wear. I know that's why fat girls wear <laughs> for the best. Because the <laughs> they're reliable and these they, are, they things, need good grip because just, they fall a lot. It's just fabric and a little bit of rubber. I know. These shoes can't be beaten. <laughs> these shoes cannot be beaten. Those shoes are terrible. shoes are way too clean. Your shoes are way too clean. They also can't win. Huh? They can't be beaten, nor can they win. Dude, if I can't, hey, they're good to see you, Chan. How are you doing? I scuffed your shoe. You're, there's a piece of you that's low key hot. Yes, if, for you, sure. if I, you come up, you step on my shoe, hey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, but we're going to be all right. <laughs> we're going to be just fine over here. Yeah. Now I'm not angry and you're a little bit mad and the same situation happens. So what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Very this efficient. This is fire. Those are, those are yeah. efficient shoes. I appreciate you. I rest my case. <laughs> so what was the question? I can't even remember now because you talked about your fat girl shoes. The decisions you guys, you know, you talked about the last year. The decision-making process that has gone into being a part, you know, being at Power Slap, the, the different things y'all have done in Vegas with Dana, the UFC, the, the college tour, y'all right, tight end you, the Beer Olympics. You're creating, y'all are almost creating this, uh, I watched Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse the other day. Y'all are almost creating this alternate universe of where busing, busing lives, right? Like there was this space I felt like that y'all created where everybody knew what happened here. And then outside, y'all have been all over the place and successful and very accepted in those spaces. I mean, hell, y'all was in like Tigerland at LSU. You know what I mean? For you, Will. This is terrifying. You know, you kind of, it's very terrifying. For you, kind of having that same sort of career path as me, you go from undrafted to starter, you never really feel accepted or like you have it. What's it been like to start to become a media star though? That's a good question. You know, I think like as we've like gone on this journey and this the whole process of it all, like you were talking earlier about, do you feel like an expectation, like sleeves cut off, like being this type of dude? I think it's always been important for me to try and f figure out all that balance because you've see, you've been around me in the locker room. I like to be very prepared. I like to also be very serious. I like to listen to a lot of things, whether it's like the secret or any of that stuff out there that goes on in your mind, right? But I also like to have a lot of fun. So knowing that like my niche in the locker room was being like a locker room guy, being like a camaraderie guy, being like whether it's the most dependable backup in the game, being a starter, being a captain, being a special teams player, all the different roles, right? I've always thought, how can I essentially do the same thing in this world with podcasting? So anytime we're going anywhere, anything like that is trying to bring that authenticity to it. And I think anytime we've gotten to go to, you know, we started off at our uh, schools, Nebraska, Michigan. Once you have that product and you can show it to other schools and show like what you can do that you're not trying to get out of here and get anybody. You're trying to have a good time and show off what these schools have to offer in a way that we do it versus like corporate media or anything else that want to come through all the time. 
time. We're able to pitch that stuff and go to different places. And fortunately, it's been like successful. But the whole idea of like feeling accepted and being seen in this light, it's awesome. You know, I do think I, I, I try to have perspective and gratitude with it all the time just because it's been, it's been a hell of a ride with the whole undrafted route, practice squad, all that stuff. And to be able to put my personality out there because you do battle a lot of insecurities, especially on my back, my back nine. So year seven, like my last three, when I was balancing both, there was a part of me that was afraid that I was going to play myself out of the league by being too out there because I can be noisy even though it could be taken, all that stuff can be taken out of context, right? Some, sometimes you just don't want to deal with the distraction. I'm a bottom half of the roster type guy. I'm a minimum contract guy. There's no upside here with like, you know, somebody else like Taylor or somebody who'd have a lot of money where they're, they can afford to say a lot more things. Um, I was always, you know, insecure about that and always kind of like stepping on eggshells. But as I've gotten more comfortable over the years doing this stuff and coaches text me, like once I've kind of gotten that acceptance, it's made me feel like, okay, you were making the right moves the whole time. Now it's just, now it's just fun, man. I get like a little bit of a, more of a frat boy type, you know, vibe. But how do you balance those lighthearted, you know, fun situations with, you know, a bit more serious stuff? Like who, who decides which way you guys are gonna go is just in those moments? Oh, I, I think, think it's, it's think in it's the just, moment. We have our type of pre-production meeting, um, <laughs> which isn't a whole yeah. lot. And no. uh, we just kind of let it go, man. And there, there, there might be things that, you know, when you guys came on, perfect example, Taylor wasn't as familiar as everything going on. I was. I was a big fan of you guys. And uh, when you guys created your thing, like I've been, I've been a day one pivot guy. I've always been in the podcasting space. I love it. I think what you guys do crush it. But when you guys came on, you know, there's a lot of good back and forth. You guys have phenomenal banter. You guys yeah. are like the, the fun of it all, right? And knowing that I kind of knew some of that background and context of it all, I'm trying to think of ways we can ultimately get there after we have all the fun, lighthearted stuff. So that's just like one example. Taylor might know something that I don't know, and he finds a way as the conversation's moving. He might see me trying to get in on that conversation, but maybe not finding the right wording. And then he comes in and finds the right way to ask deep questions. But it just kind of, it just kind of goes there. I think if you look at the core values of what Busting the Boys is, it, this podcast was created because we wanted to keep a locker room vibe alive. Like how many times when you guys were playing? People left, they retired, they came back. It's like, what do you miss? It's obvious you miss winning, but more than anything, you miss the locker room. Guys in the back playing cards, guys are getting loud and yelling. But even in those locker room situations, you're having, you're joking around, having a good time, and there's always a serious conversation going on somewhere. So for us, the reason why there's not an overwhelming amount of preparation and stuff like that is because like that is the like I think that is a value that we bring to the bus is like, we're hanging out, we're having a good time, we're allowing other athletes, whether you played high school, college, NFL, or any other sport to come back and kind of feel that again and be a part of that. And so the fluidity of emotions and how, like how shallow or how deep the conversation goes is just a natural organic thing that we just allow to happen. Like Jelly Roll who came on, him and his wife, I mean, first 20, 30 minutes was laughing, good time, chirps, all that stuff. And then they start talking about their relationship and what his wife did for his kid. And I'm, I'm tearing up. Like I have, I have tears going down my cheeks. He's crying. And like that to me is you, you can see this. And I would say for the most part, yeah, we're like a, we're, we're a fun time fratty. If that's how you want to categorize a podcast, but at the same time, <laughs> like there's, there's so many levels to every human being. And it's just, it's just getting into all those levels as you're sitting on the bus. And that's like the most fun part. Me and Will are closer 
with this concept? Because you're a first rounder, you're a Pro Bowl. We, you can play fucking football. Fred's a Hall of Famer. Mm. Ryan's Super Bowl winner, Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. Like me and Will were, you undrafted. I, I, I told the Rock, I, I was better than you, bro. Like, goddamn. I love that, by the way. Yeah, I yeah, love that. You had to let his ass know. <laughs> but, but I think the fame now, I would say for me, is bigger. The, the, the podcasting platform, my demographic of people that know me is bigger, and it's a different type of fame. And do y'all do feel that? Even with you, Taylor, you being as famous as you are from football, this podcasting, this media, this social media shit is way different, and it's, it's bigger, but it's so much different than being a football player. It reaches so many more people. How, how is the, the, the difference in it? Do you like it? You know, is, is it better? Is it worse? Like, how do you like the new fame? Yeah, I think as we get bigger and you start to realize you influence a lot of people, like once people started identifying me as a podcaster, not a football player, like in real time, like, oh, you're from Bustin' with the Boys. That's when it's like, okay, you know you carry a little bit more weight and responsibility. But also that's why it's, it is it is as much important that I keep that fun, all that stuff going so people understand that, you know, I have all of that. I can lead with all of that stuff. So that way I never, I never uh, like trap myself or box myself in to feel like I got to start taking myself too serious now because we do carry a lot more weight with having influence and everything else. I think it ultimately is important that we, you know, I know for myself that I you know, continue to like be the dude. I like, I, it's like, I want to be the guy that doesn't take himself too serious. Sometimes you can overthink that and overdo it. Uh, but yeah, man, I would say like knowing that this level of influence is real and it happens, like you guys know, yeah. it's crazy. It's nuts. Like you start, you start getting identified more now as busting with the boys mm -hmm. than you did playing football. And honestly, like, I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is all, I love that I had my career. I know we all did. But everybody wants to find their transition. Everybody wants to find their pivot. Yeah. Everybody wants to have something else that goes on after. I know for a football player, you always want to find that next roller coaster because we got to live a kid's dream. We got to be at the highest of highs, man. We got we we fucking did it. And then when it's over with, or you know it's come to an end, it is scary for a lot of players. So I think us finding our our, our swing in all this thing. Um, I know I'm kind of speaking for all of us, but it's it's awesome. It's awesome. The difference for me is nothing is football. Like, and I, I have not struggled without football. Like, I've never, I've never missed it. I don't, I don't think about it. I'm not one of those dudes that, like, thought he could still do it. Like, I knew. You know what I mean? Like, I had given the game everything I ever could. And, you know, like, this has been a great year for me. We start this podcast, you know, TV goes well, and you do all this stuff. And I just remember, you know, even at the Emmys, like, when they called my name, it was like, it was dope. You know what I mean? And I felt, I felt blessed and I, and I was grateful, but like, it still, it wasn't even cover four, I got the cut back in the A gap and it's just me and him. Like, it just wasn't that. And so I think it's made me, it's made me shyer. Like as, as we've gotten opportunities to, like we go to places, man, that like, like even now we're in places today that we couldn't go a year ago. You know what I'm saying? That people wouldn't have invited us to. You know, we're in a spot now where we're asked to do things for certain organizations and with certain people, and we're like, nah, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like, and I can be honest, for even, even when we decided to do Taylor last year, that was very hard for me. Because it was hard for me to ask for him to do it and not ask you to do it, because you're my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I genuinely, genuinely care about you. 
Like, that's the only reason I ever came on the bus in the first place was because of our relationship. But at that point, I didn't feel our show or me as a person could, could justify to the subscribers we were trying to get or to the platform we were, the platform, the one we were competing against, truth be told, to say, yeah, we're gonna have Will on too. Let's get the active player now because Taylor is playing. Like just to even be in that space. And then now we're in that space, bro, and everywhere we go, people are saying that though. They don't just come up to us and like, hey man, especially in our, in our realm, folks don't just walk up to us, bro, and go, hey man, I love your show. Hey man, I love your show, it got me through this time. Hey, man, I, I was dealing with depression and I watched Michael Beasley and this or the stuff y'all do for the community like that pressure. And now being in the rooms that we're in, it's made me a wallflower, which I'm not. You know that. You know what I mean? Like we go to events, bro. I put my back on the wall and watch people because I feel like when we played football, nobody. It wasn't about what we said. Right. It wasn't about how we conducted ourselves because they see us like this. When they talk to us, that conversation means something to them. Everything's an interview. It's effed me up, you know what I mean, to an extent, because now, like, everything I say, people think they're supposed to get motivated by it. Nah, bro, like, I'm just talking about pooping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going, you know, and so, like, I think that's been, that's been hard. And watching y'all, bro, you know, like, even just watching the clips, like, I laugh and I smile because I get it, right? Like, I'm like... I get that they can do this and that they can have these conversations and now people are picking up on who y'all really are. Taylor, man, like you're transitioning to a place and you know, y'all had a clip and you were just talking about, yeah, I'm gonna play, the boys all right. Bro, we were talking about, you're too skinny to block me right now, Taylor. Brother, we can line it up right now if you want to. <laughs> hey, show him, show him, hey, show him your stance. I mean, I could show. You know, show <laughs> him your stance, kid. Yeah. You if you just want to see what that. You, what you, 204? What'd you say? What you about, 204? I heard you the first time. I, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, two, I don't want to say what number I am. Listen, I can put weight on quick. And I, and there, we've had some calls. But for me right now, it's like, I'm, I'm enjoying life so much. And so I'll have to make that decision. And then obviously there's a whole other side of the politic part of the NFL that you have to go through in transition periods and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, can't really say anything Were you, right were you comfortable at tight end you? Because you're starting to look like one. I'll tell you what, dude. i tell you the biggest difference between the tight ends and me is their calves are so big. Yeah. They're so sturdy down below. <laughs> I got, you don't I got these little biscuits down here, dude, with my fat girl shoes on. You don't have enough I'm calf. You lack calf He's of a tight end? Long, I, li I lack calf of a tight end, there's no question. But I'll show you one thing right there. You see how long that Achilles tendon is? Mm -hmm. That's speed, brother. That's all that is. <laughs> That's a fast switch hey, athlete. Right in the stands, though, we were at ASU, they're like, yeah. It's Taylor's the one icy hot guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't made that mistake since, and I'm glad. I'm glad I can get that out there for the world and motivate these people. You got to know. You got to learn from your mistakes. No question. With, with the retirement thing, though, because all of us, all of us, well, a majority of us we're, are retired. We're both active. We're both of, me and Will are both. Will still is active. not playing another fucking He hasn't snap. signed the papers. He has it. not signed the papers. Why don't you get your severance? You're, there's money sitting yeah, there. They're gonna send funny. you, Will. You the, don't have 10.3 shit. The Raiders not playing anymore. Hang on, hang on. This is the exact bulletin board material. We the need. Raiders, <laughs> since the Raiders were the last team I was on, they tried sending me a severance check. I sent it back. Mm. You heard? <laughs> I tell sent him. it back, brother. Send it to me. I'll invest it for you, <laughs> and I'll put it back. But what, like, what is that? What was ever? Because I, I end up retired. I played six, mm. and the Dolphins cut me. 
and I was out there. I was going to take a year off. I was already getting paid and shit. But then I just sat back one day, and it was like a Tuesday, and I'm sitting on my, my couch, and I told my wife, I was like, I'm not doing this shit no more. Yeah. And she thought I was just, you know, I was one of them times. Right. And I really, like, I saw the other side. Of, I saw all that pressure off my back. I saw trying to learn every damn guard's hand movement and the gap, the A gap, B gap differences and all the studying you had to do to be great as a linebacker. And I didn't have to worry about that shit no more, and I loved it. What was the de the decision of y'all and these, these bullshit? They still, over they still here? playing. Both of them are still active. active. Will's active. not no, playing. Ain't no, ain't no. They're active why NFL can't, players. Why, so, okay, I, I'll change the question. Why can't you come to the realization that your ass is not going to tackle another human being for money? Well, that's not 48 hours ago. Will was punishing people in the pool at my house. <laughs> for money. For the beer. Olympics. You know who Mark Weisscheck is from Midland? <laughs> Dom, basically drowned the poor man. So he's still got it. James Neal. <laughs> forward for the Predators. <laughs> Body his ass, too. So I'm just saying. <laughs> that man's choosing to not be on a field right now. <laughs> is that true? I, I, will, I will say, like, when you're saying all that stuff, there is no question. The times that I have been back in the locker room and, and studying and trying to prepare and be ready for a game, when I caught myself thinking more about what we're trying to do with bussing or a vlog or a tweet I can get off or anything outside of the facility, that's when in my mind I've kind of known, like, y'all, I'm, I'm pretty much all the way out of this thing. Even Any of the years I've been there, from when I my second stint with the Titans, second stint with the Raiders, and so on. But, uh, yeah, bro, that stress, it is a different life. It's so and it's different. a free, it's a freer life because you, like, live in this bubble to where, I mean, we're in a performance-based job every day, every day of our lives, bro. And you want it so badly. You want to be the best. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yes, I'm very much aware that I, I was never Luke Keekly, but that doesn't mean I'd never, I didn't work my ass off to try to be like him every time. When I got my opportunity to start, when you were there, it was like, okay, now I'm about to put the world on notice. Whether or not that was ever gonna be true, it never mattered because you're just so brainwashed and focused, not brainwashed in a bad way, but now that you're out of it, you see like, you are tunnel visioned obsessed with like being something. And whenever that, that stress does start to come off your back and you start to realize you have a transition out there, you're kind of like, man, I can do this now, make the same amount of money, more, and not run down on kickoff and bang my head. When I am finishing out with the Raiders, I'm working double teams and trying not to put my face in the fan because it's like, man, yeah, I probably got a few weeks here. You know what I mean? And you kind of just know what your role is. But, yes, there's a, there's a big stress reliever knowing that, you know, you don't have to really – you don't, that's not, that's not the only plan, that's not playing A anymore. Go wrestle this big bitch. We've wrestled. Like, you don't have to, really. Like, no, but to that point, I, I like the fact that I don't have to go run into his chest. Why, though? Because it was just, it, it's a relief. You wish you could have it, it back. It's hard. I that stuff I is don't, hard. Here's the thing, I don't wish, I don't wish I could have that back. I had it. I wish I had something that made me feel that way. I wish oh. I had, I wish I had something that scared me. Oh, I, right. got, I got something for you. You go to Las Vegas, Nevada. Go sit down with Dana White at the table for a little bit, brother. You will be sweating bullets. <laughs> oh, no. That is the scariest shit I've ever done in my life. <laughs> that is. But I'm, in all seriousness, yeah. like, there, is, there is a level of like, that is something that cannot be replicated. The, the national anthem's going on. The flyover happens on a Sunday. And you're mm. sitting there and you're like, Dude, like there's all the demons in the back of your head telling you about, hey, you're you're gonna get exposed today, you're gonna get this. And then after that first snap, it's like, oh, I can go be whoever I want for these next 60 minutes. And that is something that you can never, 
never regain once it's over. You can go play pickup basketball. You can go do a softball league and hit dingers. You can literally pick up men's hockey and go do whatever. Football is not a sport you can go back to and get that same rush. That will never happen again. Once it's over, it's over. And it's wild to think at every single level, like high school, being a senior and like some kids don't have scholarships and literally the head coach is in front of the team and goes, some of you will never put a helmet on again. And you're thinking, having a scholarship, you're thinking that's fucking wild, dude. They're gonna have, like, they're not gonna be able to play this game anymore. Regular. Yeah. Like that was my thought. Like yeah. if you're not able to do this anymore, yeah. you're just like, you're just a, a civilian. You're gen pop. Yeah, yeah like, you're yeah, literally you know just what I mean? Like you're not in VIP. No. Like that, and I think it was, it wasn't that I got to do it, right? It wasn't that I was good enough to do it. It wasn't like, oh, I get to do this. It was just like, man, I love putting in the work to earn it. I love putting in the work to have somebody feel like I deserved it, mm-hmm. right? And I just, I like keeping score. You know what I mean? Like my last year, bro, it might be a game I give you 18 tackles. It might be a game where I'm telling Will, Will, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him fast. Just be right there. Like yeah. I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm going to shoot on this side. I'm going to miss him. He's going to come back to you. You'll lead the team in tackles. But like I understood it. You know what I mean? The second to last week, we played Philly. I think I had like 22 tackles. And I knew we played on Saturday the next week. That was the size. Like I'm not going to be ready for Dallas mm-hmm. at the end. And I fought to try to get ready, and I wasn't. So I knew it was over. But it's like that fear, right? Like that rush. What I've been trying to transition to, because I've realized for me it was preparation. Like I loved it, right? I realized for me it was a fear of not giving what it took or feeling like I shortchanged my dream. And so I've had to like switch my brain into making this that. You know what I mean? Because... Different from y'all, like y'all did this whole thing and created y'all own space. Like I had to go work at ESPN for two years, you know, so I, so I, it was even in Pittsburgh, you're going to get a TV contract, you know what I mean? So you're thinking about your next career now. And I was like, nah, man, I'm still here at five. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to sleep at 12 watching film. I'm just, I know it's almost over. And so it was like, no, man, when it came to like, get up, I was like, okay, I got to study the right way. I got to be up at, I got to watch film till three in the morning. And I had to switch like this. I want to know more about everybody that sits down with us than they know about themselves. Like the best feeling for me on this show is when I tell somebody something and they don't know it about themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, damn, you know? And so when you're in your position, OT, and you can actually say that to yourself, there is no rush, like the rush I get with the national anthem or that first snap. You're in the middle of making that decision, bro, fully having a plan A. This is a plan A. It's not a plan B. Fully having a plan. How much does that weigh in to whether or not you put the pads on it? I told Will this a couple weeks ago. Like, if I was in the position I am right now, like, the career's been great. Like, let's say it's over. Like, my career, I'm so proud of it. And my younger self, if, if I were to, if he were to meet me, he'd be like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to achieve that. But having something that fulfills you in the way that like doing this with your best friend is like i'd be lying if i said it didn't have any you know weight in a decision but it's it's such a a great safety net to know that hey i'm gonna be okay no matter what like we talked about people noticing you and the level of the level of fame the level of fame of having a podcast is way different than being in nashville tennessee because nashville tennessee it's a small media market I go around Broadway or Losers or I'm out in town, like, yeah, people know who I am. And that's a, a phenomenal feeling. I love it. I, I have a, a different opinion than you do about it. Because to me, I think to myself, 
Like someday I'm going to walk somewhere in this world and no one's going to know who the fuck I am. It's going to be over. And so right now for me, I'm like every person I meet that is a fan, I try my best to spend as much time with them as possible, take the picture, do whatever. Cause that also gives me a feeling of like, man, this is awesome that I've done something enough that people like respect me to even want a picture from me. Or like we were talking like people like putting their hands up for like a selfie and their hand is shaking because they're so nervous asking you for a photo. Like, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, man, it's just, I don't know why you're so nervous around me. But to me, that's like, that's like, I love it. I, I've, I fully love it. So when it comes into a decision like that, this does have some weight to it for sure. Ryan, to, to your point, like what you guys are both talking about, like the, 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 the fame, the respect, like having the respect on the field and then having the respect in the stuff that we do now, you guys can attest to this. It, it's like when someone comes up to me at our, our spring tour and we're doing that stuff and dudes who've lost their parent hug me and say, when you did that episode after your mom passed away, that helped change me. When people come over and hug you and say that, Michael Beasley, that question you asked, like people get to see Fred Taylor in a completely different light. Correct. Because you're like, you're unk. You're like, you're mm-hmm. like the wise man right. that sits on the show. And people get to learn a different aspect and they appreciate that about you. Everybody respects your game. Everybody respects respects you being a heat-seeking miss on the field, but as you've been able to articulate all of your your entire bag over the years, people have appreciated you for that because it's helped them differently. To me, I feel like you, that's when you start to realize the type of influence and the impact that you have that ultimately fill, fills me up differently than you know when you were making a difference to people just being a fan of you on, on the field. Like what Taylor was talking about, I like that part, mm. right? Like I, I like when the, the guy comes up to us and we have the conversations or like all of the, the pictures, like all of that is cool. What I'm not good at right now is being in rooms. Like we went to, you know, a few weeks back, we went to Jason Lee, he uh, runs Hollywood Unlocked. We went to his Impact Awards. And that's a place we wouldn't have been last year, right? We wouldn't have been invited there. And if we were, if we went there, we probably would have been working and trying to interview people, but now, we're on the red carpet and we're being interviewed. It's almost like, man, I know I belong here, but I still feel really awkward here. And I think it was because, bro, I convinced myself in being an undrafted free agent, I convinced myself in all those things that like, that that was my way. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my lane. You know, I wouldn't go to Super Bowls if we weren't playing. You know? I wouldn't try to go to the ESPYs. I wouldn't try to go to ESPN parties because I was like, no, you know, those are for part people that have made it. Those are for people who are recognized. They want to like that's a that's a dick measuring contest, right? You want to see that you can walk up to the front door and say, my name is so and so, and I get in. They only care about and so like those environments are weird for me. Like I like to go to a spot, sit in the corner, us kick it, and the only people that know us is like the waitress that comes up or the waiter that comes up and they have conversations about what we're doing and like things are growing now both whether it's ESPN and this show and like it's just getting freaking weird like like it just it just is and I want to I can't stand it he gets mad like I get so pissed at him and Ryan, he needs to, you, hey, he, right now it tells me he's got to be at Beer Olympics next year. You got to <laughs> basically get drunk on camera and let it be out <laughs> there hey, dude, and have fun with oh, it. He, I, well, I, I have been drunk. The dude has an Emmy. Yeah. And he's looking around and trying to like hold his face down and sit on the wall. I'm like, bro, run the fuck around and be right. Ryan Clark. And that's the you thing. Your, that, you, you take it seriously. You take it seriously and. The work? Yeah. All of it. But true, the work, but, but true. take the success with I see the, the way work. you reply to people Accept on the success yeah, with the you'll take, you'll take it seriously. Absolutely. Like, y'all have really got to address this. Yeah, but yeah. true gratitude is 
embracing everything that's happening to you. And there's a way to do it without seeming talky. Like, yeah. hey, bro, winning an Emmy is incredible. Yeah. Like, that is a feat that is mind-blowing. It's amazing. Yes, bless it. And I'm so sure. for you to sit there and, I mean, it's, it is, I'm sure it takes some getting used to, but if you just, Jelly Roll said, walk with love and gratitude. If you're able to do that, then however everybody else perceives you, it's like, oh, he's being a cocky about winning an Emmy. It's like, fuck them, dude. They don't, they don't really know you then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're the man, like, dude. You're the fucking man. <laughs> I appreciate That's it. sick. <laughs> and like all the, we, we all the stuff about saying, like saying stuff, like we get on, like we say it on a podcast all the time. I'll, I will literally give an opinion about something and be like, I, it could change tomorrow. I have no, there's the insurance policy. <laughs> and so now it doesn't matter. I could say whatever I want now. I could say whatever. And it's not, doesn't matter. Cause right. just like if you do something dumb, like beer Olympics, like, I thought it was in the wave of media. It'll just go in 48 hours. No one will be talking about it again. Like it's just once you have the yeah. When I woke up and saw me doing that confession corner, standing up, that shit was so funny. I'm sitting there at first, kind of like oh, but then you're just like man, fuck it. Like yeah, who cares? Like people get drunk. But I like everybody because I feel like a lot of stuff you're speaking to too. Because we talk to each other about it all the time. Uh, is that imposter syndrome starts like creeping mm, yeah. in because you feel like you're not worthy to be in these certain spots and everything else or when we go out to Vegas or we're, we're in these new kind of groups and stuff like that and that's when it's almost like it's almost just as important for me to like wear air monarchs and just seem like <laughs> the locker room guy so that way I'm like you know you don't try to feel like you got to like fit into some some type of type of box I guess but yeah bro that imposter syndrome is a motherfucker right, and, and that box that structure like all of us are former athletes and and I think the NFL dictated, you know, what we were going to do, that routine, that daily routine, everything we had to do. But in this space, it's kind of free and you do what you want. With that, like, what has been some of the biggest challenges, you know, in, in building your brand and, and making sure you, you make this thing your baby and how it, it comes out how you want it to come out? I think scaling. I think uh, we just brought in a new executive producer recently, but... I think what I've learned, and I was talking with some of the fellas, JP, Hovey, and Mitch, shout out the boys. Um, but when I was talking to them recently, they're like, what would you have done differently like back then? It's like, go all in sooner. But there's such a fear with it. But there's this quote that always resonated with me, and it's like, jump when you can afford to drown. And I mm -hmm. think like if I look back on all the stuff that we've done with Growing Bus and everything else, it's like going, going all in sooner, like betting on people, not trying to cut corners, whether it's contractors, because you don't know how guys are going to work out. We don't know how we're going to jive with everybody that comes through here. Me being, you know, we're both new, like, entrepreneurs in our own right, trying to, like, grow this business. Like, we're learning on the fly, too. So I would say those have been the biggest challenges, is, like, trusting the right people. And, like, again, diving, diving in, like, going all in sooner, because you, we started to learn fairly early that this thing could be sick. Uh, but it was a, a lot of things, the, the stuff that like I know held me back personally was just feeling like whether I belonged or if, if like, hey, should I keep doing this because I'm still trying to play? But uh, yeah, that would be that would be what I think yeah. the challenge has been as far as like on the business side. Yeah, the, the hardest thing for me was just getting out of my own head in the beginning and wondering, hey, what are people going to say? What are they? What are the coaches going to say? What are these other players that I'm playing against going to say? Like, you just don't really know. So when you're able, like getting injured, it was one of the better things to happen to me because it it gave me the ability to like work through the hard times and then be able to zoom out and be like, okay, everything you're doing, like, well, we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be great. But then after this is all over, you guys are going to go back to your worlds and focus on your own problems. I'm going to focus on my own problems. So it's not like if I am worried about something I said or did on a podcast, 
people are gonna be like, oh, that's pretty ridiculous he said that. And then they're gonna literally go back and do their own thing. Yeah. It's 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 learning that like people really don't think about you as much as you yeah. you think you think about you. Right. That yeah. that was like a really difficult thing for me especially in the beginning and because of the injuries and because of getting cut and all that has allowed me to be like, th like this year has been the easiest year to not, not take myself serious at all. Like it's been the most, it's been a, a free year. And I think like it's also been our best year for busting. Like it's just kind of doing this. I'm not saying that's a, the main reason, but it is a, it does help because you're not overthinking everything and stuff like that. And things just happen to fall in your lap. It's just wild. But also man, talk about, talk about how hard it was when you get injured. Oh, dude, when you get injured, it's like... Because you say, like, injury, getting injured was the best thing to happen yeah, to you. But, but in it, those and moments... And that is also, like... it's also, That's such a cliche thing people say, too. It's like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't regret this. I don't regret that. Like, dude, I got plenty of regrets. Like, but not, like, enough to mention, you know? And, like, the injuries, like... Dude, when I tore my ACL in 2020, I was as depressed as depressing can get. I had a daughter that was born, and I had a, a three-year-old. My youngest daughter didn't even see me for the first year. I would literally train, come home do rehab, go train again and rehab over and over and over again. And then swelling and then all this, you take two steps forward and then three steps back and then two steps forward, one step back. And it's like this, this never ending feeling of like, is it ever just gonna get better? Is, and, and then you go to 2021, you get into week one and Chandler Jones treats me like a five-star kid versus a 160 pound offensive <laughs> lineman, white kid. And I was truly, I, I was getting bodied left and right. And you literally just sit there, I remember going up and sitting with my wife in the suite after, and I just looked out in the field, the, the Titans field, and I was like, that was the most embarrassing that's ever happened to me. And my wife goes, that was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Like, she was like, that was fucking tough, brother. It was a hard thing to watch. I was booing him from the stage. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Lauren back in the game, boo, yeah, boo. You, and you just, you, you like, I mean, when you're in, like the worst situations, like the, those types of situations where you're like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get out of it. The, easy, the, the hardest thing to do is look towards the end. It's like you literally have to look at one step at a time. Like, let me just get to this point, look up, and then go to the next stop and just keep going step by step until things get better. But that was the first time in my life I had an injury. Like I have, I have like broken bones, uh, dislocated elbows, shoulder separation, stuff like that, but nothing that ever needed surgery. That was hurt, that wasn't injured. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I was like, I, I can, I want to play football. I literally cannot play football for this amount of time. And that is, talk about demons, bro. Like there, there was times where, like Will and I will probably talk every single day, whether it's a text or a call. I think what, it was easily a month. I just wasn't responding. And I literally would not, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I would just be like, this is the only thing that's important. The only thing important is just getting better. And it bites you, dude. If you hold on to something too hard, it ends up slipping out of your hands. So that sucked. But then, you know, there's always this like narrative you play in your head and you kind of like, I look back at it now and it's like, all right, well, the reason why I was having so many issues is, you know, this first surgery. And now like you, I've already announced it, like I'm in like a lawsuit because of it and all that stuff. And then you get the, get it fixed. And then your knee's like, okay, well, this is how, a, this is how a, a recovery is supposed to go. And you start to like figure out these things. And then, but the ability, the ability to get through depression is finding the silver lining and understanding like, hey, this is, this is all like, this is the reason why these things happen. The, the reason I got hurt and all that, the reason why is it, it allowed me to zoom out, not take myself so seriously and put 100% into this. And it's, it's been amazing. It's been incredibly rewarding. A lot of times too, man, like those trials aren't for you. Yeah. Right? You know, the, the sort of wisdom you can speak with, the perceptions that you have of what was going on with you is different now. You can see it from the outside and somebody else is gonna hear this, which is the 
is the beauty of this platform, of being vulnerable enough to be open. Somebody else will hear that and be going through the same thing or always see Happy Taylor, mm -hmm. Fun Taylor, the, the guy that doesn't seem to have a bad day. And be like, hell, he had a, he had a lot of them. Mm -hmm. He had a month full where he didn't respond to his best friend. And I think we all go through those things, but I do believe the, those of us who get through them, you get through them because of what you were in that moment. And in that moment, that was what you needed. Even though like depression and, and the sadness and those dark moments are tough during that time, that was something you needed for now. You know, and I was having my kids, my kids always mess with me. They say I'm not in touch with my feelings, which I probably not. And okay, I'm, we can always do better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely working on that. And that's why I ask so many questions about mental health and depression and those things, because I'm trying to understand were there ever periods or phases in my life that I was a certain thing. But I've told them, I truly believe the only reason I am who I am today is because I didn't think like that. Right. Because when it when it was dark or when it when there was sadness or there was failure or there was adversity, I just said, this is what it's supposed to be right now. And I just got to look at I just got to be great where my feet are and then I'll take the next step when I'm supposed to. And I think what you have done, man, like you said, being able to step outside of that and put that work into what you guys are doing man, is a, a testament, though, to perseverance. Beating the ACL, that ain't your job. Mm -hmm. Right. You just got to win in life. And I think, man, what y'all are doing, bro, is, is just so impressive. And it's, it's great to have you both on this time because I think I want people to see you in the way that I knew you were. Right. And one, your shows are so effing long. Right. That the pieces you get, you may not get this will sometimes, you know, but that's the will I know. Like the dude that cut off his shirt, I know him too. The dude that ate all my orange chicken before he left and took doggy bags at the Bible study, I know him too. But it's like, like that's the that's the other piece of it, bro. Like when you know you're such layered individuals, are there ever times y'all look back at shows or think about moments and you go, man, in this moment, I should have said this. Or in this moment, I wish I replied this way. Because I'll hear our, our shows back or watch them and I'll be like, I missed an opportunity there. You Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I, but it's like, what do you do? You know what I mean? It's fun to hear you talk about me being on the show now. Because, you know, when y'all had Taylor on, I was thinking about it. Yeah. But like, no. I, I, I respect that, though. Jo yeah. Like, jokes aside, like, yeah, of course I was thinking about it. But, you know, with all this stuff, you you got to have a level of an, of awareness that's like, the time is not right yet. And now, now you guys are even big. You guys are way bigger than you were then. So this is even... This is even better now, but I, I, you know, that's part of the game. But you know what? You know what I mean, I know, I know who Alicia. She might be uh, not yet. <laughs> hey, but no, you know what? Well, <laughs> hey, well, honestly, not yet. Honestly, no, you know what's I, crazy? That wasn't, you know, so many times, bro. Uh, like so many times, you know, like one of the four agreements is don't take things personally. Right. Right. And it's, and it's don't take them personally in the positive. Don't take them personally in the negative. That a lot of times when people are saying something about you that attacks you, it's a personal assault on themselves. It wasn't about you. I know you. I believe you can give us a great show, what you're doing now. It was about us, right? It was about being in a place, bro, where we're literally, you know, and this is something that I don't, we probably never talked about, and they may be mad at me because I don't speak on their previous situation often. I just don't. Like, it wasn't my situation. Like, it wasn't my life. A big issue we had that I had to accept and understand them through was, it's like anything else, man. You leave your old girl, you wanna do better. You know what I'm saying? Like you just do. 
And if if they are in a place which they are when when they left because of him, because of him, because of her, they were in a place where they could get the guests that they wanted or they could do the shows that they wanted, even if it wasn't as good of a show as ours. Right. And so it's when they drop and we drop the next day, it's comparing that guest to our guest. And it wasn't to me and it wasn't to me that, oh, I don't think will it be a great show. It was can we even afford are we in a place and what we're trying to do and who I know they're competing with to do that? You see what I'm saying? And it's like that's what like they always I always find. And I think it's part of being a free agent, a free agent. My goal list is different. You know what I'm saying? Like the most important moment to me throughout my career was being named captain, right? Because that meant as an undrafted free agent, I had done enough, whether it was through my play, through my leadership, through who I was as a man, that all of these men, the, the millionaires, the future Hall of Famers, you know, Troy Palomalo, who's one of my best friends, said, I want you to be my captain, right? Before the game starts, I want you to walk out and represent us in the middle of the field where it could have been other things for other people. But for me, that was like the moment that everybody accepted me. Like, that's why I love where we are now, because it's like, F it, we're going to do a show with who we want to do a show with. We're going to turn down who we want to turn down. We're going to show up where we want to show up. And like that's, a, like, that's a freedom I always wanted to work to, because you can ask them, man, we have business meetings, bro. We have meetings about everything. The meeting I talk the most in is when we talk about content. I want to do great shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a great show. And I knew it and I dealt, I, I fought with it because I thought it was a great show then. I didn't know if we could afford it. You know what I mean? And I oh, tell you, yeah. We stopped because we used to look at y'all's numbers. We used to look at everybody's numbers because we're competing with them with our natural nature. We ride in the car together all the time now. Y'all know this. I don't know if y'all know this. I know this. We never talk about anything else. We're not looking to anybody to give us validation. We're putting out good content. We know we are. We got fans. We got people that come up that show us that love. We're not competing with anybody anymore. Do, do y'all at that point yet mentally? Are y'all there where you don't, do you compete with people or you're just doing busing? Let's go do busing. Fuck, fuck these numbers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Will can speak for himself, but I have a strong belief that there, in this landscape, there's enough ears for everybody. It's not, there's not like you have your team and that's what it is. Like people consume so many different podcasts and so many different shows now and so many different platforms. Like to me, it's like, oh, you know, the only time uh, with you guys was like, damn, you guys got the rock. I thought that I was like, I didn't look at numbers. Hey. I was like, fuck, that's cool. <laughs> hey, bro. That we shit were, is hey, dope, dude. We were like that too, dog. Yeah, hey, like in the car, hey, like in the car, awesome. bro, like, dog. We just did the rock. Yeah. There are times. What's that? When we were at the restaurant. And uh Oh, and with Kevin Don? Kevin Don, you know, oh, just, yeah, we're at the shit. restaurant in LA. We're yeah. out there to do the rock the, the rock next day. The next day. We're at a restaurant, chilling. Nobody knows who I, we're underdressed. I'm always underdressed. Be my fucking middle name. <laughs> I'm underdressed. People don't know why these these big crazy black dudes are sitting in this nice restaurant. Kevin Hart walks up with Don Cheeto. And Kevin was already on the show. We we know him. You know, we we're yeah. we're recognizing him now when we see him, we dap him up and stuff. And he walks up and enters Don Cheadle. And me and RC, uh, Freddie wasn't there. He had something, he was something to do. He, and me, sleep, he was something. I don't know why the fuck he wasn't there. He, we're, we're always together. But me and RC were little kids. Like he left and we were like, <laughs> like I say, people are coming up and asking us who we are because they talked to us. Yeah. And that's the day before doing The Rock. So I yeah. see what you're saying. <laughs> the competition's not there, but you be seeing some people like, 
No, this I think, is but cool. the thing is, is like instead of being like, damn, like I mean, like obviously we would love to have the rock on. You're like, damn, they got the rock. That's but like to me, it's like that's sick. Like I'm stoked yeah. for you guys. That's fucking awesome. With numbers. I mean, we just keep doing what we're doing. We're gonna we, we're gonna do numbers. We have our. We've done a. I think we've done a good job of like stacking bricks one at a time and having just a. a an amazing core fan base that rides with us no matter what. Mm. And, I, and I love that. That's and important. You, but when you get stuff like this, go on a show like this with a, 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 a rabid fan base, they're going to see us and hopefully a couple linger linger over and they can become part of ours. But to me, like, there's not a whole lot of competition. It's just everyone's kind of doing their things and how can you get into situations like this as much as possible to dip your toe into other people's platforms as well so we can all just crush it. I know? check. <laughs> I'll keep it. I'll keep it a buck. I, I still like. I check not not in such a way like to attach yourself to to where it like crushes your day, but it's like you know that healthy competition. I check on y'all. I've always been a fan of the pivot. Always been a fan of the pivot. And when that day happened, like you explained that very well. Like obviously it's the week of a, a Titans playoff game and everything else, but it was an awesome opportunity. And you know, as an undrafted guy, low round guy, it's like uh, it's this weird, fun challenge of like, man, hopefully I can be good enough one day and be on that yeah. show. It's like there's some shows we would all love to be on, but uh, yeah, I, I, I check, I check it in a fun way. When you guys got the rock, either somebody sent it to me, I forget, and I just said fuck. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, I love The Rock. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, the, I mean, who doesn't love The Rock? Like, they, 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 the get rock. To, they get to walk into every room. Yeah. You know, yeah. you guys get to walk into every room. And I don't think she gets enough credit, but Alicia puts you puts you guys in such insane positions. Obviously, you guys are great too, but Alicia to give you your flowers, like you guys do an incredible job, especially after the you know the breakup and everything that happened. Like you guys did a great job fucking pivoting into something else and building a team that understood who's gonna be operating the right seat and how you guys can optimize yourself. And you guys took off. Like RC said, we used to check, but then I think after um we did a mental health show with uh Talk about Ryan Mundy? With Ryan Mundy, right? And and after that show was like, fuck. He's not a big name. It's like a concert, right? You have the headliner and then you have all of the pre-acts or whatever. People are gonna show up for the headliner. The pre-acts could be just as good, up and coming, you know, superstars. But people don't, they don't really check for that. So when when we did Monday, we're like, fuck, this conversation was amazing. Then the next day or three days later, you look at the numbers and the numbers aren't there because of the name didn't have a draw, instant right. draw. Then you go, okay, we understood it. And then down the road, you get other guests, beautiful content. Like the conversations are amazing. And then the numbers don't necessarily add up. Then you have some that are surprising. Then eventually you say, you know what, we got our own lane. We're gonna do what we do. If you show up, you check it out, fine. We know one thing is gonna live there forever until we decide to take them down and license and, and play that game. It's gonna be there. So for whoever wants it or needs it, it's there. If not, then so be it. We're gonna keep on, we're always on to the next one. Right now we're planning training camp tour and everything else, getting ready for the so next shit. Yeah. See what I'm saying? No, no, no. Yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's part of the game, right? I wanted to ask yeah. that though, bro. Do y'all have, do y'all have those conversations about like building? Like, okay, we've we've done this. We've we've got to this point. We've stacked these chips. Okay, this is the next thing that gets us the the, the newer audience, the newer audience, or it's the next thing that brings us to a different stratosphere based on where we've been. Do y'all have those conversations about how y'all see those things going in the future? 
Or are y'all just kind of yeah, like, hey, we do. Uh, we do. Spring Tour is a great example. Yeah. We knew how the Spring Tour went last year. Spring Tour was solid. We knew coming into this year, it's like, man, we got to get in different schools, different colleges or whatever. Yeah. And so you would sit down and do interviews. And we all know in this game, like, obviously names will drive views and, mm. and the view count and all that type of stuff. Click-through rate, retention, all that kind of stuff. And we were even talking about ASU. It's like, you know, is ASU one worth going to? And it's like, on the surface, no, probably not. It's not like we have a, we'd have a big base there. But you have the opportunity to go and coach at a spring game, which that wasn't happening. Like, yeah. Coach D hits, hits us up and says, like, I want you guys to coach a spring game. So it's like, you understand that content can be made there. And whether or not the views rise or not, we're getting to do something cr to create content off of and have it live there. So, and, and to your point too, like there are times where it's like, man, that was an incredible conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I know like with John Chris, the comedian, he came on and that was a great conversation. And the numbers might not have done what we thought right. they were gonna do. But it's like, you know, to, to your point, it's like the substance is there, the depth is there. Like if people wanna hear it, they're gonna, they're gonna be able to hear it. And if that name gets massive one day, they'll be able to go find this archived interview that happened that people get to enjoy. So it is important to not be like too attached to it. But I, I, you know, I do have fun having that little healthy. I've always, I've always remembered you saying, hey, the pivot's coming when you're on the bus. <laughs> I've always remembered that. Well, but, I want to uh, go back to the watching thing. I check the shit out of our numbers. I will look and refresh over and over again, but checking other people's numbers. That's kind of where I like, I've gone away. And you get, and you get <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. So I don't want to. I don't want to go in there and look at all these other people. I'd rather be just be happy for them. But for us, yeah, that, like John Chris is a perfect example. Yeah, he came on the bus. He was amazing. I was like, this dude's funny. We had a great conversation. It was just me and him too. You were do what were you doing? You were doing something. I forget. And uh, I got off. And I was like, man, that was a fucking awesome podcast. And then the numbers came out. I was like, this ain't really doing. What's the deal with this? But you still appreciate it because it's like, fuck. It was it was awesome to have him on. And I hope now he's success as successful as you can possibly be. We went through we went through a phase, man, during the season. And during the season, it's difficult for us because I work so much. Mm -hmm. And Chan has a radio show every day. So we were kind of kind of confined to a certain area of the country. And like we every week, bro, we were hustling, dog, just trying to get guests, trying to get people to come on. And we fight all of these different fights. And we have all of these different ideas. And my thing was always, which I love about you guys, and y'all do it really well social media-wise as, as, as well. I was like, bruh, we got to get people to watch the show for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like, don't get me wrong. If The Rock's on the show, of course. Like, yeah, like we could have just pissed and whistled for yeah. an hour, and people would have watched. It's like, at some point, yeah. he's going to raise his eyebrow. Like, like that would have yeah, been different, yeah. you know? So, but my thing was like, man... We were having a time, we were having conversations about numbers kinda, cause we were like, man, this should have been a good show. It should have done this. I was like, look, y'all. I was like, we're just gonna keep putting out the best shows we possibly can. And I was like, and if the numbers swing around again, and they will, I said, but if we keep being consistent and doing what we do, I was like, we'll find our way, right? We'll find the path and everything swung back around. And so it's about really just authenticity. You know what I'm saying? Like how often can we just be us and like, get accepted and like being us work. Like that's what I love about y'all. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is so on brand. You know, and I was like, yeah. that's really them too. You know what I mean? Like that's those two dudes. Mm -hmm. And then you guys are say something or do something that does have a lot of depth, that does show the sum of your experiences. And I'm like, well shoot, that's them too. You know what I mean? And that's what this space is about. And that's no like what Taylor was saying though. Somebody to fall in love with you is different than fall in love with me being fast and strong Bro, and being able to run and catch. Bro, what a feeling. Because at the end of the day, like, at human nature, we all just want to be liked. 
Like you just want to be like, you go to high yeah. school, you show up as a freshman, you're like, man, I hope I can make a couple of friends today that people want to call me and hang out on the weekend. And now it's like, you know, you just want to be around me because you've seen me on the show and like you enjoy what I say. Yeah. That shit is so fucking dope to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I remember we, uh, we were with uh, Burt Kreischer and Shane Gillis. And Shane is hilarious because Shane like pretends like he hates the camera, but he absolutely loves the camera. And he's like, I hate it. I hate it. And then Burt, the way he articulates, the way he talks about it, he's like, I love it. I love everything about it. I love when people come up to you and they're so excited and they talk to you about this, this show you did or that podcast you did. It's amazing. And to me, that was like the freeing moment to be like, yeah, I love it too. And I, I'm all about this, dude. And this, this, it fires me up to get, go to the airport at a, for a 6 a.m. flight for the spring tour. And as you're walking down the hall, someone goes, the boys. And you're just like, fuck yeah, dude. We're riding everywhere. <laughs> we're going, dude. We like, I'll, I'll go to Colorado. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Somebody's like, the boy. As he's like turning a corner, almost getting hit by a car. Because he just wants to get out the boy out of his mouth. And I'm like, yeah. that dude risked his life to say hello to me, basically. <laughs> that shit is, that shit fires me the fuck up. It's awesome. Because we all just want to be liked, dude. We all, at the end of the day, when we lay our head on the pillow, we just want more people to like us that, that, don't, than, that don't like us. And that is like... The best feeling in the world. And I also, I think people appreciate uh, being able to see how we all handle failure, being made fun of. Um, you know, there was something I heard once. It's like the ability to be shamelessly prolific when creating has a lot of correlation to success because you're able to continue to create amidst embarrassment, insecurities, and everything else. And I think people appreciate like watching from afar, seeing all of us, especially at a level like everybody would dream to be about, oh man, they're, you know, these football players, they're a lot like us. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why too on social media, living, living on it the way that we do, I think is so important because people, people get out of it like, oh man, they kind of deal with the same thing. Like look how Will's handling being made fun of right here or yeah. something. Dude, if people only knew how uh, worried athletes are about how people perceive them, yeah. if they even understood that for a second, it'd be life-changing for them. Cause if people look at oh, us, on a football field and literally little kids are like these dudes are gods. Like they are, they literally are superheroes running around there. And everybody after a game is checking their phone, seeing what people said to them, going on that search bar on Twitter and seeing like who Will the fuck Compton. said this. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, I thought I played good. Yo, for real. <laughs> and you let that eat you up and you're like, man, I thought, like, why don't these people think I'm good at football or whatever? For whatever reason. It's like And it's a dude that the you know can't do it too. Yeah, right. He can't, you can't know, do it. You know, and that's, how you, that's how you justify it in your head. You're like, well, he can't fucking do what yeah. I'm doing. You, <laughs> right. you give up a sack way faster than I did. <laughs> but like low-key, it's like, if people just knew, like, even in locker rooms, dude, like in camp, you get like everybody. If you have a bad practice, if you have a bad practice in camp, you're literally thinking about that till the next fucking day. You could, I get beaten a one on one. I'm like, the only thing that matters tomorrow is that I dummy one on ones. I could do shit <laughs> in team. I need to win these one on ones. And it eats me up until I go to sleep and I wake up in the morning and be like, one on ones today. We're going, we're fucking getting after it. Cause you're just so insecure of like, I don't wanna be exposed. Like yeah. you're just, you live in that light so much. The least insecure person that I thought was on this show was him. And, you know, he just had a conversation. We had a conversation one day about his career. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, he's like, some of it's probably the insecurity of not believing I did enough. Yeah. And he's like, you know, so I do make fun and I could blame it. And, you know, he said, uh, we did the show right after the Emmys. And he said, man, sometimes the funny guy is just covering up his insecurities with comedy. You know, and it, it touched me because I, I still think he doesn't really necessarily care about everything people say or much, but it did touch me because sometimes I dealt with him like I could tell him anything. 
and, and it, it hasn't changed that, but it's made me more conscious of when I am speaking to him. Because you almost felt like, oh, shoot, man, like I could really just dog cuss him and tell him whatever he want. He's just going to move on. And his outward behavior and actions were that because he just is tough and he's funny and he's resilient and he really has a, like a don't give a care attitude. But it, it made me really just think about people in general and especially him. Like, man, you got to watch how you speak to people. You have to watch how you relate to them, how you communicate with them. Because, like, shoot, it's a good, it's a good point, bro. Like, in the end, like... You just want people to think yeah. you're cool. Yeah, you just kind of want to like you, right? Like at the ba the basic form of it, dude. It's wild, like when you're in the locker room and when you become a player, like a, a dude that people look up to, and you don't have the best day at practice, and then guys are coming up to you and telling you about their right. insecurities. And low key, like you're so zoomed into what you're going through in your life, especially in football, that you're like trying to help them out, but at the same time, you're like, bro, I got so much shit to deal with up here. Like it's just, it's crazy. The uh, how easy it is to spiral in playing sports, how easy it is to get away from yourself and who you truly are and become ugly or mean or use comedy as a, a deflection of how you're truly feeling about yourself. Because, I mean, you get in that locker room, especially that first day of training camp, like before you go to practice, you get to that team meeting, right before that team meeting, everyone's kind of posturing, hey, how much did this guy really work out this offseason? Okay, hey, what's kind of about this your body fat? Yeah, everyone's doing the body comp, some dude's <laughs> yeah. bragging. That's 10% out there, dog. Like, that was not, you know, dudes are just fucking saying whatever. Right. <clears throat> it's wild, man. It is a, it's a wild feeling to look back on it and be like, damn, it's really crazy how zoomed in you were to everything. Well, man. One thing I laugh at is the, Wanting, wanting people to be scared of me mm. when I played. Yes. Like, I really, I joke about, it. like, I used to walk into restaurants and size up everybody in there. Like, what's the thought of, oh, if we get in the Royal Rumble right now, I can I can whoop everybody's motherfucker with them two. Right. You're at Chili's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you care what these dudes are doing? But There's I was- some shady folks at Chili's now. You gotta, you gotta watch yourself there, but, all right? Yeah, like, but it was, it's that, you know, it could be, it's like, it's funny when, like, we talk and, it's funny how y'all look at each other before your answers like cute as shit. Well, yeah, like, y'all really like it. reference each other. Like, is he okay with this? Okay. No. no, no. <laughs> but it's good. I, I, I don't like the way. I don't like the way you said it. Hold on, Will. I don't like the way you said it. Hey, hey, why? Hey, that's how their legs go when they do it. You a fucking dog. Also, we're trying to be respectful. Don't do that. I'm trying to be respectful because you guys are asking us both questions. You know what I'm talking about? Oh no, but we're the same. We're the same way with it, and as we, you know, you just get to, you know, your boys. Yeah. You know, you all the boys. You know your boys. You get to know your boys and all that, but. It's as we mature and grow, and as we grow together as friends too. And this is something that this happens on the show and everybody's like, y'all, you know, y'all talking, y'all alpha males talking about this, people love it. But they've brought things out of me that I haven't told anybody else, even my wife of, you know, 12 years. But it's the boys and you know what they've done and you've seen, you've, you've seen the, the admiration you have for each other. And it's riding in a, in a car at 6 a.m. to a 7 a.m. flight. You didn't sleep for two hours and you just see him in a different place. I see you good. And at that moment, might be that moment where he, he not to say break down, but when he, no, nah, man, it's, and he'll just tell you something. And it's like, damn, and that triggers More me to say, yeah. it triggers me to tell him back, no, bro, well, this happened a year ago to me too. And it's, it's, it's very healthy. So I'm joking with y'all, but I love, I really love y'all's connection and how y'all, like, how y'all interact and that you have somebody, like you said, that you can talk to every damn day. But even that, uh, Chan, like, and I know this is probably an hour fucking late, right? But the concept, though, and why you two? What, did you have a relationship before you got to Tennessee? Like, no. where did the concept come from? It was no, fast. Taylor, Taylor's quick now. He got married in five weeks. 
with his wife, and it was about the same for our friendship. Yeah. He had me. Well, you got married in five weeks. I got I got engaged in five weeks. I got married in two months. You was sprung, huh? You got yes. sprung. That was that making out. Were oh, you seven bro, years kissing, yo, we're kissing. Passionate makeouts now. <laughs> we were married for seven years, and I'm like, hey, you want to make out like high schoolers or what? She's like, no, go away. And I'm like, no, come on, get in here, and I'll you make know how you guys will make her make out with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good makeout, no, but dude. it's solid. But that, that whole concept, I think, it's a dope fucking concept. Like, how how did who whose idea was it? Will wanted to do the podcast, uh, but our friendship. I thought I was getting a marriage arranged for myself because when Will got signed by the Titans, there was an article that came out that said Taylor Lewan and Will Compton are going to be best friends. Wait, I was like, oh, really? I swear to God. Was, uh, somebody tweeted. They were doing, somebody they were tweeted like, yo, uh, Taylor and Will are going to be best friends or something like that. They had the blue check when the blue check meant something. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. And then he came in and literally, I think, three, four days went by and we were like, boys immediately. We did like, Titans had a podcast. We did that podcast. And then we'd sit in the the kitchen before practice and just talk about podcasts, Joe Rogan, you know, Chris Delia's congratulations, uh, two bears, one cave, like the ben fighter, Greenfield, the kid, Ben all the Greenfield, biohacking stuff. Because we, we were uh, accountability buddies. Yeah, that was our thing. So we did all the song, like all the stuff that helps you recover, all the recovery yeah, stuff. Right. So, and then I was staying at a hotel at the time. So I was over at Taylor's daily pretty much. And then when uh, we trained in the summer together because my strength coach at Nebraska was now the strength coach at Vanderbilt. So we just used the Vanderbilt's facility and we'd work out every day together and send each other like anything motivating or inspirational. Yeah, what, yeah all that kind of stuff. Man. We, yeah. literally, literally, we did it all. And then after that 2018 season, uh, Will was like, I want to do a podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm down. And then I dipped to California for three yeah. months to go train. <laughs> Because that's yeah, it's too cold. Too cold. I was thinking about, and I would love to ask. I would love to ask you because I feel like you were really close to. You were kind of like you were. You were one of the pioneers. Because I know there are several out there. I'm not disrespecting anybody, but you were somebody who went from athlete to media. And I saw you. I would witness you doing it while you were on the on Washington at the time, like mm -hmm. going to ESPN and stuff like that. And uh, that 2018 year, like. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity that I had in Washington. Usually in my situation, if you're a backup or you have that pedigree, um, somebody got drafted in the first round of my position, Rashawn Evans. And in my spot, you need somebody to go down to get an opportunity. Yeah. That never happened. Not that you're rooting for that, but when you're in my role, you need that to happen to get a shot. And when it didn't happen and I was just a special teams and backup player, uh, I kind of knew, like, man, I'm going to be on a 90-man roster. I'm going to be a minimum guy, no signing bonus. And I was kind of like, man, I am over this 90-man roster, recreate myself, try to make a 53, because I felt like I had that resume with Washington. I'm like, if anybody's going to sign me, you know, they'll kind of know what my background is. So I, that's when I really started to think November, December. I was like, man, I got to figure out what I'm really into, because um, when you're in the league, and I'm sure you guys have so many young athletes who watch this, but when, you're, when you are in the opportunity and the fire is hot, your jokes are funnier, you're better looking, and you can shake more hands. So I knew in my situation that whatever I want to do, if it was podcasting, because I did have aspirations of doing a podcast, I needed to do it now while I still have the opportunity of being an NFL player. Because when you're on the other side of it, it just comes off differently because everybody's looking for the next transition. And so when I approached Taylor about it, First, he was kind of like on the fence about it. And I remember driving, it was raining. I was going to do this Titans radio show. We were about to play in our win and end game or something like that late in the season because Taylor, my wife, I had a couple teammates in the locker room uh, tell me like, yeah, hey, Will, you should do it. And that was kind of the validation I needed because you want your peers to 
you know, when you come in and somebody's doing something off the field, you kind of want to be accepted and not made fun of about it. But then I remember asking Taylor, he was like, hey, so you really going to do this thing? He's like, I'll do it with you. And I was like, bro, that would be awesome because you got your best friend doing it with you. It takes a lot of stress off your plate. It was going to be called the Den Podcast because of my fascination with wolves. Taylor always said working title. And yeah. uh, we, found, <laughs> we found the bus. We found the bus in a gravel lot. And uh, this production company we were working with, Cardboard Films, no free shout outs, boys. They're like, hey, what do you think of this bus? We turn it into a studio. There's this bus is out back just sitting there, $2,000. I was like, no, nah, I hate it. But I already knew the way Taylor is. I was like, he's gonna love it when he sees this. Fucking sure loved enough, it. <laughs> I loved it the minute when I saw he came, it. When he got back from training, because he yeah. did leave for like four months, and I was like, fuck, bro, like, I wanna get this thing going. And he, I was like, you're 100% in. He was like, yes. So I was like, I'll wait for you. And uh, <laughs> That's he came, hey, oh, he came yeah, back. Hello. Yeah, yeah, Titanic. Oh, for <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, Taylor saw the bus. He's like, man, I'll throw 10 grand into it. He's like, I think the bus is dope. I'll throw 10 grand into it. If uh, it doesn't work, I'll just sit in my backyard because I think it's sick. He's yeah. like, if it works I think out, it's awesome. he's like, if it works out, how sick would it be? Like, we're just on a bus. I'm just like, you know, I'm like a guy who always starts at no and finds my way to yes. But I was like, all right. And then sure, sure as shit, dude. Like, we ran a few pods. Mm -hmm. And now we're wrapped in Twisted T. The Twisted Kings. But my question to you was going to be, do you wish you would have started earlier no. while you were playing? No. Um, you know, you said... What'd you say? Something about drowning when you can afford it? Yeah. Like jump, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my thing always was, my thing always is, and I still say it now, it's like, I got to make plan A work before I start on something else, right? And for me, it was working so diligently on football is what got me that opportunity. You know, like, at that time, they would only bring you on TV because it was you couldn't start a podcast. They would only bring you on TV if you were of some value, right. right? The value to me at that time was I had won a Super Bowl, and I eventually played in a Pro Bowl, but I had won a Super Bowl, and I played for Pittsburgh, and we were always good. Mm -hmm. And so then it was, okay, now I can go on TV and do something. I can add value to it. And then it was just be good at it. And um, I talked to the guy at ESPN, you know, went through the story. I interned, and I got the job. But that was still, it was still taboo at that time. Now everybody want to start a podcast, right? It's going to, be, it's going to start being hard to get guests because they already have their own podcast, mm -hmm. you know? But if they're and, smart, and, they'll collab. Yeah, you know? And so yeah, like if you're smart, you'll, you'll, yeah. get, yeah, you'll jump yeah. in there. You know, but, and so, like, that was, you know, it, it, was so, it was so different then. And now, man, when you, look at the, when you look at the entire space, I feel so much better about where we are now because everybody does have a podcast, because everybody is trying to get into this space. And in truth, they're trying to get into the space because of y'all. They're trying to get into this space because of us. And here is why I say that. If I'm sitting around and I'm a multi-time pro bowler, I'm an all pro, I'm a dude with a million followers on Instagram and Twitter, and I see this popping podcast with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. No offense to anything you've ever done. My first thought is gonna be hell. If people watch them, I know they'll watch me. They didn't do what I did at football, right? They, they, they don't have gold jackets. And I love, I love the competition in that because it's like, nah, man, on this side, you got to be different than what you think. You got to grind differently than what you think. And that's why what you have accomplished, man, like I'm just, I'm going to be honest, I'm so damn proud of you, bro. Like to, to watch you do this, man, and believe in it. 
you know, from when I came out and said, I think Taylor was practicing or doing something, and I just sat with you. And just to see the, pro the progression of it, man, the passion you guys put into it, but the joint, the, the, the vision has a direction. And you guys are executing at such a high level, man. I'm just proud of what y'all have been doing. And like, we ain't gonna sit down with like every podcast just because they got a podcast, right? If, if you say busting and the pivot, they're two different platforms. They kind of service two different groups of individuals at some times. But the synergy between good people, folks that work hard, and people that don't hate, you can't, like, you can't create that. That has to be there, man. So we appreciate y'all boys. This is probably the long, longest podcast we've ever done. This is yeah, so saw, this is this is like a, a busted episode for us. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> but we appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, hey, she been, you know, hey, she been ready. For I know. <laughs> I see her moving around too. Looking at all the boys, all her. Hold up, limitless. Take a simic cap, pinning it. I find the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust, trust. Limitless. Take a simic cap, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up.